So this afternoon we are going to uh, continue to unfold levels on how to radiate loving kindness. Last time we have covered uh, sending loving kindness to oneself. Now we are going to extend it to friend and uh, neutral person. So you have already covered sending loving kindness to yourself and benefactor. Now we are going to continue. So what we are doing actually here, we are uh, trying to build bridges. <laughs> what we have done over the centuries is to build walls. <laughs> we have built a lot of walls around ourselves. We have built fences around ourselves. Psychologically. <laughs> so we have limited our capacity to love, actually, all beings. So we have little, little fences around ourselves, our circles, our friends, our community, and all this. But now we're actually building uh, bridges to connect. In Buddhism, we recognize three kinds of love. The first one, the love between spouses and all that, you know. That one, I don't think I need to teach you how to do that. <laughs> how to love your spouses and all that. But we recognize that. And in fact, uh, Buddha talked about Pema. Pema, that's love, Pema. Uh, P-E-M-A. Have you had a nun called Pema children? Yeah, that's what the Pema there means, love. And this is a common love with its sentiments and uh, emotion and uh, ordinary love. I think you're familiar with that. But also there is love between uh, uh, parents and uh, son, daughter, all that, relatives. Family love there, in other words. So also we recognize that love. And also there's some degree of meta anyway. Even the first one, uh, household uh, love, uh, is love between spouses, there's also a little bit of meta. <laughs> but a little more attachment, I think. And sometimes it erodes the, the meta, <laughs> which is the, really is building. So then because of the conditions, actually, as uh, also Sharon alluded to this, that uh, we set conditions. Consciously or unconsciously, we set conditions. Yes. So uh, there's a little bit of um, meta. It's not devoid of meta, but a little bit. <coughs> and then the second one also, I think there's greater meta, love between parents and children and all that. But what we are talking about here is meta, which is really universal. It doesn't limit ourselves to our friends and and uh, then factor, and it really goes on expanding. So this is just a beginning, as we say. It's, uh, it's, it's the teaching is non-linear, but as we give you instruction. It looks linear, as Gina said. But actually, we are aiming for all beings, including insects, snakes, bears, <laughs> everywhere. So that's what we, where we are going. You should know the big picture. <laughs> So, uh, 
Meta loving kindness takes three levels. One is action, meta in action, meta in speech, meta in thought. There is a common tenets of people coming here on a retreat and then we repeat words, may I be well up and peaceful, I don't feel meta. <laughs> They're just theory, words, they don't work for me. But actually, meta was not meant to stay with only th on thought level. It was supposed to go in our speech, as you speak truthfully, as you speak uh, gently, as you speak uh, uh, harmoniously, as you speak uh, uh, meaningfully. That's kind of meta, loving kindness. So it pervades our speech. And in fact, if you come here and keep noble silence, I think that's your action of meta. You are, that's, you are really meta loving kindness. And if you break silence, <laughs> then you don't have enough meta thing. So, um, this is very important, the different levels meta takes. Another meta uh, level is action itself. I think your action to come here is also motivated by metta. You want to be free from suffering, you want to be happy and all that. So our actions actually not killing, not taking what's not given, including not taking other people's noble silence. <laughs> so, <laughs> because we can easily take people's silence. <laughs> That's how subtlety goes. <laughs> You're taking what's not given. <laughs> so um, this is actually the observation of the five precepts is actually actions of metta. And when we repeat here words, in our meta, in our, on a thought level, we are just reinforcing the message so that uh, we cultivate it. Again, the same thing is meta bhavana. Bhavana means cultivation. So, and uh, this is an intention to really to love um, and all that. So it may not come in one day as when you plant a seed, it doesn't flower in one day. So the Problem people when they start to cultivate meta say, Oh, I don't see f myself filled with love. No, slowly, sl start slowly by slowly. And also, you have to do with mindfulness. You have to cultivate meta with, uh, with mindfulness. Because if we don't have mindfulness, then first we don't remember even the positive spots around uh, ourselves and others. Another thing is that we are going to go into near enemy and far enemy. Near enemy is something that disguises itself as meta, like attachment. And then you think, ah, I have a lot of meta, but actually it's more attachment. And then it can go to far enemy where anger rises and aversion and then you say, meta doesn't work for me. Maybe it works for monks and nuns. <laughs> it, maybe it works for teachers and all. it works for other people, but not me. Yeah, so it's just actually that you didn't have enough mindfulness. So, and also remembering to be patient. When we cultivate any practice like this, we have to be patient and see how it unfolds. At least rest in intention to be, uh, to send loving kindness to your friends, to yourself and all that. So now, uh, since you have already done your uh, meta to yourself, uh, uh, we're going to send meta to friends. And uh, it's advisable not to start with a friend whom you are sexually attached to. Uh, somebody who is, you feel intensely in love. You start with somebody at least uh, whom, who's a friend, not uh, uh, sexually connected. And then uh, you, you build slowly by slowly. 
like that. But if any time attachment arises, then you bunch all friends together in a group <laughs> and you send them loving kindness. <laughs> That's the trick. Because it's, I mean, I mean if you really, uh, one time actually my teacher, uh, somebody, it's called Bantogunarata, and somebody said, oh, why don't you hug? I said, no, I love so many people in the world. How can I hug everybody around the world? <laughs> So you really actually uh, expand your loving kindness to all friends that you have, not only one, because if you send to one, sometimes a feeling of attachment can come and then it can get in a way. So we don't want anything that gets in a way in the flow of matter. Yeah, so you, you should allow these phrases to flow naturally, not mechanically, and also allow space in between the phrases. In other words, connecting to each and every phrase. It should follow this level. Uh, Sometimes it can be verbal uh, when you are outside. Uh, and actually, here we start with the mental. But in your life, day life, you can say it loudly. Uh, but here we ask you to mentally repeat, may I be well upon peaceful. Then you connect to the, the meaning of the phrase. Should you fail to connect to the meaning of the phrase that you are using, then recall Stir up some positive emotion. Remember some good things that person has done to you. Let's say they have given you a Christmas card, Buddha mask card. <laughs> they have given you some advice. I'm just making it up, actually. <laughs> and then you remember that and say, wow, they care for me. Yeah, actually for me, some people, they send me good thoughts and say, wow, they care for me. They haven't forgotten me. So um, it, you remember th positive things that these people have done. Because it's very easy to forget. It's very easy to forget. And what I, in my, I, I remember is that all people who have been your friends eh, in your life, some have gone, some are there, but those are the very people who turn into enemies. <laughs> Actually, what is very interesting is that the, your friends, they are the ones who later on come into enemies. So <laughs> really uh, try to know that even a friend, if it turns to be enemy, actually is showing you something that you must do. Right? That's something that you must do. If we come to a neutral person, that's very difficult because sometimes the way we have actually uh, lived our life is that we tend to attach to the people whom we love and we call them friends. And people who don't like, we don't like, we call them enemies. And for people whom we don't know, they are strangers. So this is exactly the mode we are in. Pushing, getting, and then getting oblivious. We don't know. Those are strangers. <laughs> for some reason, we go to places like Thailand, the, the name is Falang, foreigners. So you're always a foreigner. <laughs> so you're a stranger in those countries. <laughs> so, uh, but actually, we, we are, whether you're in Thailand, Uganda, or USA, you are not a stranger, actually. You belong to this earth, Mother Earth. It's the only thing that we have divided the country, like scrambled eggs. <laughs> Look, Africa. It's all like scrambled eggs. <laughs> 200 years ago, it wasn't like that. <laughs> Yeah, even the entire world was actually divided. I mean, people who lived 50,000 years ago, I'm telling the way they were, the world was, it was one. 
you have to look at the journey of man, and how the people moved from Africa and inhabited the whole world, all the way going to Australia and all this. So they were just walking. They, were, they had no passports. <laughs> you have to see this movie actually by Mark Spencer Wells. It's called The Journey of Man. <laughs> so uh, you tell these things to people actually. I went to Australia and I told them, who was the first people who stayed here in Australia? Oh, yes, Europeans. I said, no way, Africans. <laughs> so that's how we are so much detached from history. <laughs> we are really detached. We don't know. We have no clue. So in the living kindness, actually, we forget all the modern scrambled eggs, <laughs> and we say, okay, the world is one. <laughs> In fact, this is actually the instruction the Buddha gave. The way the Buddha gave instruction about loving kindness, I'm telling you, he said something really alludes to this. He said that saying loving kindness, short people, tall people, <laughs> long. <laughs> it's amazing. In fact, when you read these suttas, it, we can see ourselves here all the time. We have short people, long people, medium, <laughs> and all this. So he didn't say, okay, send loving kindness to Australians, <laughs> Americans. <laughs> and no, forget about Iraq. <laughs> forget about Mozambique. No, no, no. It's actually the entire humanity. It's amazing how the Buddha saw this picture. <laughs> So this is exactly what has been going on 50,000 years ago. It was like that. Yeah, so it was, there was no better race. <laughs> there was no better this and this. There was no this and that. So it was just all humanity. Because all humanity, they, they, they want to be happy and they don't want to be suffer. And they don't want to suffer. That's a common denominator. It doesn't matter which is your position, your higher your status and all that. So everybody wants to be happy and nobody wants to suffer. So now that's the motivation that we have actually when we send loving kindness. Even to neutral people. Neutral people is somebody who is not your friend and is not your enemy. Well, they are somewhere in the middle. They bring mail to you. You don't even say hello. <laughs> yes, so this is just amazing. I remember I was in Sweden and uh, somebody came to remove the trash. And then I took oranges and gave the oranges to this guy. And guess what? It was from Uganda. <laughs> so to other people, look like a stranger. And I say, okay. Actually, one monk told me, go and take this orange to them. Uh, maybe they're from your country. Then, sure enough, he was from Uganda. So some people see strangers, but actually they are really connected to them. So I would like you to develop that connection, even with a neutral person. Okay, the proof of the pudding is the eating. Okay, let's start. Sit comfortably, feel at ease. Take a few slow, deep breaths. Oxygenate your blood and feel relaxed, feel at ease. Sitting comfortably means physically, but also mentally. See if we can let go of the past and future. And be present. Without expecting expectations how this practice is going to be. 
then with loving kindness we begin with ourselves like last uh, yesterday finding so- find something that you like about yourself being, you maybe you've been generous being kind find some phrase that resonate with you may i be well happy and peaceful allowing space in each and every phrase so there's no need to rush words are pointers to the reality so don't get lost in words just remember your highest highest and deepest aspiration in this life not only for today but in an enduring way in the whole of your life what do you like what do you value most what's your core values to be happy to be peaceful so go beyond the words go beyond the words and connect the meaning or you can use such phrases may i be safe in and out safety inner safety means not to be tormented by difficult mind states and emotions like greed hatred and delusion and anxiety and fear and so on outer safety means to be protected from irene and other calamities may i be healthy physical health may i be happy mental health may i accept myself as i am as self acceptance why is acceptance because most of the time we don't accept ourselves with all emotions that arises so self acceptance is very important and that means la- metta loving kindness or may i be able to live at ease so once we find out which phrase we connect with then we do the same thing to our friend choose a person you're not emotionally attached to just recall something good they have done to you maybe they have given me advice encouraged you on a path to awakening so see if you can wish them the same thing may you be safe space may you be happy what it really means to be happy seeing your friend happy 
may you be healthy. May you be able to accept yourself as you are. May you live at ease. If you find out difficulties, you can go back to yourself. If you don't have enough loving kindness, you can always go to yourself. And come back. <coughs> Try to connect <coughs> and stir up some positive emotion around your friend. Maybe you, you've gone on a holiday somewhere, ate a good <coughs> meal, you swim together, drive together, couple dance together, find out something that you've done together. Really, really bring you that happiness. And you can send a phrase, may you be happy. Don't use so many phrases, actually. Uh, you f- feel restless. Just select a few phrases. Three phrases are about the right number. Three or four. And then repeat those phrases again and again. Using the same set of phrases that will resonate with you. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live at ease. So that's about the right number. Something that you can remember easily and that you can repeat it again and again. As I told you, if some desire arises, attachment to your friend, that you want to see them now, you feel some attachment, see if you can send a group of friends, see them together in a gathering, friends reunion, and see all your friends together, and send them the same loving kindness. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live at ease. (coughs) As you send phrases sometimes sound arises, see if you can be aware of hearing, 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 hearing. Once it sounds subsides, 
then come back the phrases. person, somebody who brings mail, they never even say hello, somebody who takes trash, those are very important people in life actually. They too deserve our metta, loving kindness. We don't talk to them, but if they don't do their duties towards us, then our life is not going to function well. So we are really connected. If you can remember good things that they have done to you, you need to people, you need a person, bring mail, taking trash. Even if you don't remember what they have done to you, but you remember that you exist dependent on other people. Would you eat? Some people you see here and stuff, you never talk to them. There's a lot of work behind scene. You just meet them, you don't talk to them, but there's a lot of service they're delivering to you so you can meditate happily. So if you can find someone neutral person. Somebody who's not your friend and not your enemy. And you say you send them the same wish for happiness. So may you be safe. May you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live at ease. Again, if you don't connect to a neutral person, you can go to a friend 
and borrow some metta. Send metta to your friends and then only then come back when you feel you're ready to send loving kindness to the neutral person. If you can be aware of the deepening level of loving kindness, from mental level, as you repeat this phrase, to feeling the, this mental loving kindness, and you can be aware how your mind is becoming calm and peaceful as you repeat these phrases. So it's going to the level of concentration. Those are deepening levels of loving kindness.
you become concentrated and calm as you reduce the resentment and aversion towards other people, towards your friends and others. Naturally, the mind will become concentrated. So this practice is really taking us to another level from repeating phrases, from feeling emotions of love, loving kindness, really getting concentrated as we get a sense of calmness. So again, we begin again and again. As our minds come, it's easy to focus on the phrases. It's easy to be mindful of the phrases. Finding out the positive spots in ourselves, in our friends, in our neutral people.
Tupamaya sabesam satanam sukokamato Pasitua kamato meta sabasate subhavaye Having seen that all beings like oneself have a desire for happiness, one methodically develops loving kindness for all beings. May all beings be well and peaceful. You can open your eyes slowly by slowly. And see if you can carry forward those thoughts of loving kindness. To the next activity, okay, we're going to continue with mindfulness. So we have to practice mindfulness with metta and metta with mindfulness. In fact, the Buddha equated mindfulness with metta. And he said that this is mindfulness dwelling here, this is divine dwelling here, a tamsati maditeya, in a sutta, metta sutta. Satima there is metta, uh, mindfulness, sati, mindfulness. So you can see how the Buddha equated mindfulness to metta. When you practice metta, you should have mindfulness. Mindfulness is a meta practice also. Because you don't want to suffer, that's why you practice mindfulness. You want to be happy. So um, I'll leave some few minutes for questions, if you have questions. And I hope I have answers. So, all right. Increase what? Dream, dream uh, the question is, is it common to have more dreams, increase the dreams when you practice uh, meditation? The answer, at least uh, for my experience, I can only talk from my experience, is that uh, less dreams. Because uh, you remember the benefits of metta, Gina mentioned even yesterday, it was given by the Buddha, is that, is that you sleep well, you wake up well, and in between you don't have nightmares. So you should have less dreams, because sometimes dreams is a re- re- replay of our tape, you know, during the daytime when you are involved in this activity and this activity and this activity. So when you go to sleep, then that tape keep on replaying and then you have some kind of dreams. Of course, dreams can come due to imbalance of, of uh, elements and spirits and all this. There are so many causes of dream. But anyway, at least uh, I know if you start meditating, then you are mindfulness throughout the day. All right? And then uh, you can process your thoughts and emotions clearly, so they don't have residues, right? 
So when you go to sleep, you go to sleep peacefully. And then you sleep deeply. Usually, I'm talking from my experience, dreams come when I'm half awake, half asleep. So now, for me, when I meditate, I sleep deeply and there's dreams, actually. From my experience, experience at least. So I don't think that meditation should increase dreams. I don't think so. But also dreams, it depends. Are they dharma dreams? Sweet dreams? Or really terrifying dreams when you're... <laughs> Right. Okay, maybe it can go so that way. Um, me, I was talking from my experience. I mean, everybody has their own experience. Maybe meditation brought you some clarity and you remembered all your ancestors. And then maybe when you, when you go to sleep, you can remember them. That's wonderful. You can remember them well and wish them well. And if you wake up in the middle of the night and then you've been really... Uh, remembering all the ancestors and all that, then you say, the first thing you do is to send loving kindness. May you be well, happy, and peaceful. May you be free from suffering and its causes wherever you are. So I think that's the best way to bring in meditation. Other than freaking out, oh, I shouldn't think about them. I should be very good. I should really sleep deeply because meditation is supposed to calm your mind and sleep without dreams and all that. So basically, you, you, we have to really accept our life, whatever comes in our life. It's not right or wrong, it's what it is. If that's what you experience, I think you just send loving kindness at that moment and then get on with your life. This is the principles of meditation, as I told you last time briefly. What is, a, what, what is arising is not as important as how you relate to the experience. Okay, now, how do I relate to the experience when I wake up and I've been thinking about ancestors that I've never been thought of before? Then, are you scared? Or do you love that experience? Then you send loving kindness, whatever the case may be. Say, may you be well up and peaceful, may you be free from suffering, and then you go and sleep again. You see? So... Your relationship is very important. Are you pushing out that experience? Are you indulging in your experience? Or are you ignoring it? That's it. Then you take it from there. So it's not cutting off all the dreams and you become an angel and all that. You become dreamless. No, no, no. Just embrace whatever comes for you. And that's what I'm talking about, acceptance. May I accept myself as I am? So we... Everything is different for everybody. Yeah, so another question. Yes, my friend. Um, I have a question about uh, the meta practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try to carry uh, meta with me in speech and mentally on a day to day basis out in the real world. Mm. Um, but when it actually comes to sitting on the cushion, friends in the world at large, 
Okay, uh, so the question is that uh, in their life, uh, he doesn't have a problem to practice metta in action, in speech. Uh, it seems to flow naturally, but when it comes to meditation here, he has a problem because uh, he come here to sit and then um, doesn't know whether she do really practice metta for 45 minutes and then after, after that practice mindfulness. That's your your question? Yeah, yeah so then uh, how would you balance it, your meta and mindfulness? Should you, or you practice them together? Or how can you uh, bring the practice, actually? So for me, uh, how I practice this is that every time I start my seat, I start with meta for like five minutes, ten minutes. Every time I come to sit and meditate, every meditation session, it begins with metta. Why? Because I know if I'm going to watch the breath when I have aversion, I'm going to struggle with it. But if I watch my breath with peace and happiness, breathing in peace, breathing in happiness and all that, then the breath is very easy to watch. I'm not struggling with my breath. I'm watching it like this. <laughs> I'm serene. Every breath is very divine. <laughs> because the breath is what keeps me alive. I better be happy with it. <laughs> There's no need to hate your breath. So for me, actually, that's how I, I integrate metta. So, uh, of course, there are some retreats we have done, 10 days metta alone, and then and all these things, but I don't know if you have the luxury of 10 days where you're going to do metta alone and then really get grounded. But for me, my encouragement is do a little bit of both. <laughs> and there's no right or wrong. Find out how you feel. For me, I just feel, really, I believe that mindfulness is metta and metta is mindfulness. That's what the Buddha said, Brahma-metta-vi-aram-idamahu. A tamsatim. Satima is actually mindfulness. So when you practice loving kindness, whether you are walking or sitting or lying down or whenever you are awake, that's what the instruction Buddha gave that we should practice metta as we are moving, as we are walking, as we are standing, as we are sitting, or when, when, whenever we are awake. So we are mindful, mindful dwelling here. That means divine dwelling here. So basically, uh, metta is actually is a, a mental quality. It's within us, but it's kind of flooded with aversion and all that, and all these things that go in our life. So um, repeating the phrases is just actually trying to cultivate it. So you are not going to say, oh, you know, I don't have metta because I'm not re repeating phrases. 
You may not be repeating phrases actively, but meta can be there. How? When you practice mindfulness and awareness, and there's no aversion at that moment, that's a moment of meta. In fact, meta has a negative side and a positive side. Meta um, is called right thought, thought of loving, thought of uh, uh, non-greed, thought of non-hatred. The thought of non-hatred, that the, as the negative aspect of metta, that, that can, can happen when you practice mindfulness and you're attentive to your step, let's say, when you're walking, maybe when you're breathing. And that moment, you are not saying, may I be well happy and peaceful, may all beings be well happy and peaceful. No, you are not saying it in words, but actually you're mindful, totally mindful, mindful. Then at that moment, that's the moment of non-hatred, and actually, the positive side of that is a moment of loving kindness. So I don't want you to think that when you are here watching your breath or you are walking, mindfully, fully attentive and awake, and then you say, I, I, this is not meta. No, no, it's actually meta. So I'm telling you not to worry about it so much that, okay, you are going to have a session of metta. May I be well up and peaceful? May I be free from suffering and its causes? No, no, no. It's, if you have full mindfulness and awareness, that's a moment of non-hatred and what we call in positive terms metta-loving kindness. So I would find out when it suits me, whether it's, maybe it's during walking meditation, then I will send metta. Then maybe sitting meditation, I would uh, start with metta, then loving kindness. It's up to you, really. The whole practice blends in. As you remember what Gina said, these instructions look linear, but the experience is all integrated. So your metta experience can go, like you sit here and you don't even repeat any phrase, but you settle in and you feel the body touching and you're mindful of the breath in and out, and then you're mindful and aware and then that moment, there's no aversion and hatred. That's the moment of metta. You have mental state called metta. You understand? Yeah, it's not words only. It's a mental state that can. Okay, thank you very much for your question. One more question, last question. I don't know who, who was last. <laughs> I want to be very fair here. I don't know who was first. Can you help me? Who was first? Peter. Peter. It's not about shouldn't or whatever, but uh, I think the question is clear. It says that when practice meta, I feel light and serene and all that. There's no heaviness in the body, but when you do, when it does meta, you feel very heavy and all that. So should you always, when you feel heaviness and all that, go to meta, or and then when that subside, then you come back to mindfulness and all that. That's your question. Uh, whether you should do that or you shouldn't do that, I think this not shouldn't and uh, should. Uh, but the thing is that uh, uh, when you practice mindfulness and you feel heaviness, the invitation is to 
use that heaviness as part of your practice and see what it is. So here we are not jabbing things. Okay, this is a moment of heaviness. Let me dodge it. <laughs> I told you yesterday the Pali word, if you remember the Pali word, parinya, means full understanding. The purpose of meditation is to fully understand your mind and body. Otherwise, we go in our life understand computers, the moon and sun, but we don't understand the very instrument behind all this thing, stuff. We are not doing a service to ourselves by understanding everything except we <laughs> who are doing this kind of stuff. So it's very, very important to understand the full picture of meditation. It's not only to reduce stress. <laughs> it's just a benefit, fringe benefit, a bonus of practicing metta. So if you feel heaviness, I will invite you to find a soft spot. Come to a soft spot in your body and feel it. And from that space, go to that heaviness and see how it feels. So find a soft sp spot right, in your body and settle in there. And then you go to that area of heaviness and then find out the sensation there. So later on, it will change. Everything changes. And this kind of heaviness is actually part of element, which is called earth element. Because we are elements, that's how we are able to feel that. So allow it. You remember acceptance. You have to accept things as they really are. That's your experience. Other than always go to, uh, to meta and then you say, okay, I will never practice mindfulness. <laughs> I think you are cutting half of your life there. And that's we do it a lot. That's how we do actually in our life. We cut off things we don't want. That's all the habits. Get what you, you always want. Push out what you don't like and be oblivious what you don't know. That's has been the, our way of doing, over-conditioning, in other words. Here we're trying to decondition ourselves and then gain wisdom and understanding. Anyway, time is up. Thank you very much. So there's nothing right or wrong, but actually it's the practice. But if you feel invited to do metta, do it sometime, but not to dodge the heaviness. Feel it. How does it, uh, is, is it changing? Is it staying the same? And all that stuff. Thank you very much for your question. I learn a lot from them. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.